1: Well, good morning, North Canton Chapel. Pastor Brandon here, along with Pastor James. Everyone, cool. So, um, oh hey, today is obviously a little bit different than normal. Uh, we're sitting back in these chairs. This is like feels like the Tonight Show or something. There really, go, really casual. Um, but it is Sunday morning, and uh, we're glad to be with you. Uh, this is uh, this morning starts the beginning of a new series called "Won't You Be My Neighbor." And um, I want to build just a kind of a quick frame around that and what we hope to accomplish here in the next three weeks. And then I'll introduce James, for those of you that don't know him. um, We just have a great morning uh, ahead of us. I'm super excited about it. So um, here's the general idea. So um, God calls us to be a neighbor. And uh, the word neighbor comes up often in the New Testament. And there are profound theological implications for how to be a neighbor well. Um, Most of us live in neighborhoods. We have like geographical neighbors. We have people we do life with. You might call them also our neighbors. We have friends and family, people who kind of run in and out of our lives. And um, up until about two months ago, a lot of that was very predictable. Um, We knew who we'd see at the grocery store maybe at a certain time. We'd interface with our families, you know, on a given day during the week. Even here inside 715 Whittier, we had our our rhythm, and we intersected with our neighbors here. Um, But this global pandemic that we're in uh, has led to a a, a kind of a redefinition or at least a re-examining of the idea of neighbor. And so maybe you're wondering, uh, like I have been, okay, how do I neighbor well in this time? Um, Just because we have to neighbor differently um, doesn't mean that we can't neighbor at all. We are still called to be a neighbor. And so one big idea that I want to just cast as a vision over the next three weeks together as we explore this idea of being a neighbor um, is this. We are a church where one mission and many methods. So the methods of neighboring, the methods of doing uh, mission and living on mission, those methods have changed, but the mission of the church stays the same. We are still called to make disciples. We are still called to be a good neighbor, even if that has to look differently these days. And so um, I know it's been a challenging season for us as a church. You're going to get a sense of how a challenging uh, the season has been for Citizens Akron as well. But um, in the midst of that, I really think God has some great things in store for us in these next three weeks together. So a um, little bit about James, and then we're going to get right into it. Um, so James actually was a resident here at the North Canton Chapel several years ago. Uh, so a little over four years ago, uh, my family came here, and you were just wrapping up your residency then.
2: Yeah, we uh it.
1: And it feels a little odd to look that far back in the mirror, doesn't it? Yeah, four years, man. It, it's like, in one sense, it was yesterday, but in another sense, it's, it's like a lifetime. Um, and in those four years, God has used James uh, to be a part of planting a church called Citizens Akron, um, up in Akron. And I know you're going to get a little bit of details as to what that is and, and how you guys are structured as a church and how you've neighbored. Um, but I'm telling you, James has an incredible story. And, um, you know, I, I wasn't going uh, to, I didn't give any prep on this. You are somebody who neighbors well. And I know that even when we asked you to consider doing this, I know this is true. This is part of your life. Um, you view yourself as a neighbor to those around you. And so this isn't just theory for James. This is, this is a big deal. And so um, I'm excited that you get to kick this off today. And um, yeah, just to get us started on this idea of, won't you be my neighbor? So um, first question for you, James. And um, I'm just interested to hear what, what you have to say. When you hear the word neighbor, where does your mind go? What, what, what does that do for you? Uh, when you hear that word neighbor, what does that mean?
2: Man, when I think neighbor, I think, for me, it really is an invitation into the way of God. Like, to be a good neighbor is more than just, like, a flippant statement that Jesus, like, recites from the Old Testament when he's asked about what it means to, like, gain eternal life. But I really think, like, what it means to be a good neighbor is, like, it means to walk in the true way of God. Like, in the beginning, what we find is God create everything, and as he creates everything, at the pinnacle of that, there we find humanity, created in God's own image. But God sees Adam, and he says it's not good for man to be alone. Then he creates Eve, and then we find them in this perfect relationship with God, walking in the cool of the night in the garden. And then when we find sin enter the scene and break everything up and break everything apart, one of the things that's a part of that curse that God gives them is the fact that there's going to be enmity between the two of them. Mm. And then what we see from that point all the way until the Ten Commandments is this idea of people being at enmity with each other and God hating that. We find God not being about that at all, Mm. people being at enmity, Cain killing his brother Abel. You find wars, you find destruction. All the way to the point to the Exodus when we find the Egyptians literally oppressing God's people, the people of Israel. And then we find God meeting them in that oppression and rescuing them from that narrative and rescuing them from that story. And then we find the Ten Commandments. And what I love about the Ten Commandments is there's 10, but they can really be categorized into two categories. You've got the vertical commandments where God is speaking against adultery where he's saying, hey, love me, like, turn back to me, like, focus into me. But then you find the last six, and the last six are horizontal. That second category is against injustice. It's against Mm -hmm. us and our neighbor. So for me, when I find that, I find, like, God inviting us into his way. And then what we find in Jesus and in the incarnation is the ultimate idea of neighboring where Jesus as the message and Eugene Peterson is going to say the word became flesh and moved into the neighborhood. Jesus literally moves into the neighborhood of humanity and shows us through his perfect life what it means to be a neighbor. So man, when I think neighbor, I think, man, this is the way of God. This is not just Jesus in an argument with a lawyer and the good Samaritan story, but man, Scripture invites us into this big narrative of what it means to really be a neighbor. I love that. And so it's, it's interesting. If you're, if you're familiar with how
1: we talk about the gospel here at North Kent Chapel, and I know, citizens, you guys adopt a similar framework. We have this creation, fall, redemption, recreation. And um, I, I never really thought about it until you just said that, that like, this idea of neighboring, bad neighboring, uh, doesn't just mean being mad at your you know, the person that lives across the fence from you or down the road. Bad neighboring is, is a part of the fall. Yeah. that we we are selfish people and we we grab our own things because of our fallen nature post garden and the a part of the redemption that Jesus does is he actually starts to to help us to be good neighbors not even to just like be civil with the people that live across the fence but to love other people that's a remarkable idea like and so let me let me let me ask you to develop that a little bit further um when you see somebody who's neighboring well okay obviously like there are there's, there's social ways to neighbor well. There's things that we can do to neighbor well. And we'll get to some of those after a little bit. But what does that tell you about how they think about the gospel, about how they think about what Jesus is doing in their life? When you see somebody who neighbors well, how is the gospel taking root in their life? What would you say?
2: I'd say the gospel's taking root in their life in the sense that they truly are close to Jesus because to be close to Jesus is to neighbor well. It's to be close to people. To truly love Jesus is to truly love people. Like those things in Scripture are inextricably tied together. like they can't be pulled apart. Like it's impossible for us to say we love God, as First John says, and then to like hate our brother. Like it's absolutely impossible because as humans, we're all created in God's image and in God's likeness. So the very fingerprint of God is on all of humanity. So as we look at our brother and our sister, what we're literally looking at as we look at them is the face of God and when we're bad neighbors when we practice or when we're silent towards injustice to our brothers and our sisters what we're literally doing is we're saying okay like the image of God that exists in them doesn't matter Wow. thereby saying like <laughs> what is what is the gospel or what is Jesus so for me like yeah people that I've looked up to, just Christians that I've looked up to in my life who I've just seen, like, love neighbor well, are really, like, are really able to say, like, man, like, every person's created in the image of God. And that, to me, is, like, the sign that, like, man, the gospel's really taking root.
1: Yeah. Now, I don't think, um, so let's press into the the dark side of a little bit of that because we talked about good neighboring. It's somebody who says, yeah, that you matter and you're important. I think what we see a lot of, even in recent days, is, examples of bad neighboring. Now we wouldn't use those terms, necessarily. You wouldn't look at somebody and go, man, they're, they're being a bad neighbor. It sounds a little mister Rogersy, right? And even the name of this series sounds a little bit like, you know, like, kind of like a kindergarten thing. But what we're talking about is a deeply theological issue. So why is it that people don't neighbor well? Um, and so we can push into this a little bit. What is it about Christians? Um, we are called to neighbor well. We we're given a great neighboring example in Jesus. And um, I love that you went to, to the, uh, the gospel of John Ray says, the word became flesh and moved into the neighborhood. We're given this great example. We're given this great call. Why, why don't we neighbor well? What, what's, what's our hang up?
2: Yeah. I mean, in the first century, like when a Christian was baptized, there's this beautiful thing that would happen. They're baptized, but before they're dipped in the water, they're asked to make this like profession. And the profession is for them to say that like Jesus is Lord and Caesar is not. And that, like in the first century, is this countercultural, counterintuitive statement that literally is them like going against like the way of the world and going against the world system. So as they like enter the church, that's them like exiting like the way of the world. That's them really exiting like the old way and them saying like, I am now a citizen of God's kingdom. Mm. I am now a member. I'm now part of this great cloud of witness. But I think for us sometimes, like in American culture, it's very, very easy for us to, like, fit the gospel, Jesus, and our life as the church, into the, like, nice, neat American dresser drawer of our lives. And it's Mm -hmm. easy to compartmentalize it. And for us, I think it's very easy. I mean, like, man, like, I lived in a dorm, then I lived in an apartment building, and then I lived in a neighborhood after that. I was really intentional about knowing my neighbors as I lived in my neighborhood because like that was the reason that we moved there to like Planet Church. But man, as I think back, like in the apartment building, like I didn't know all of my neighbors. And the reality is how can you be a neighbor if you don't know your neighbor and to like not take the intentional time to like actually get to know the people who are right in proximity to you or right around you is being complicit in the call of God to like, be a good neighbor. Mm-hmm. So I think like it's us like really like drinking from the well of Western culture versus drinking from the well of the Gospel of Jesus Christ.
1: Man, that is. I, I want us to really sit with that this morning uh, because what one thing I'm hearing from you is that being a good neighbor is not a behavior; it's an identity. And w- what a keen insight! Even to think back in the first century to say that okay, if I'm going to do this. If I'm going to follow this Jewish Messiah named Jesus who makes this claim to be God and to be my redemption and to be my sacrifice, if I'm going to identify myself with him, I also have to identify myself with his example of neighboring. And I have to take that on myself. I have to do this. This isn't something that's like the, the you know option plan B on my insurance that I could pick up, like the extra bit. No, this is, this is the whole thing. Um, I think that's something we really need to sit with, is that being a, being a neighbor is not a behavior. It's an identity. Um, and I love that you're, you're saying that. So um, let's switch gears a little bit. So you said the word proximity, and I love that idea. Um, a lot of us, you know, we're sitting in this world this morning that is kind of rocked by, by COVID-19 and all of our rhythms are disrupted. I know some of us are out of work. Uh, you're watching this morning and you don't have a job to go to, um, much less a job that you would look at and say, this is my rhythm. And, um, you know, your your mission field, if it was your workplace, is disrupted. Um, your neighbors, who you would love to go see, you can't see. Maybe you wave to them while you mow, mow your grass or something like that. Um, but that's maybe about where it stops. And, um, you know, even, you know, we, wear, we have to wear masks in, in public and so we don't, don't see each other the same And so what has to be in place to be a neighbor? Okay, so I love that word proximity, nearness. And we talk about rhythms and spaces here at the chapel. But when you think about what has to be in place to be a neighbor, um, what does that look like for you?
2: Yeah, I think Luke 15 is a really great example of that. Yeah, I'm going to get there. Luke 15. Sorry, Luke chapter 10, not 15. You're good. I'm thinking of the prodigal son, but we're going to think Luke 15. Yeah. What I love about Luke 15 is it starts with, like, Jesus, like, with the 72. Yeah. So with his, like, disciples who are following him. And Jesus tells them that the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers is few. Pray to the Lord of the harvest, right? So first there's this idea, like, before they're going out to get to know the people who are, like, around them, before they're about to go out and be sent by Jesus to do his work, it's like, hey, I want you to go, but first I genuinely want you to pray. Mm. And I think, like, with neighboring, one of the most important things is like the best thing I can do for my neighbors or the people around me is pray. Mm. Like the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Like the best thing I can do is pray for folks. Yeah. And then in Luke 10, it's just gonna move down and Jesus is gonna tell them what to do as they're sent out. And then Jesus is gonna say, Hey, I'm sending you out two by two. And as I send you out two by two, I want you to find this person of peace. Yeah. And, like, in this person of peace philosophy there in Luke chapter 10, Jesus is going to say, when you go to a home, if you find peace, stay there. Eat and drink. Like, be a part of what's happening. Stay there. Like, announce that the kingdom of God has come. So, like, say the gospel, but really exist there. And then Jesus is going to say, if you don't find peace, leave. (laughs) Like, and, and dust your shoes off. Yeah. But when you do find peace, stay there. Eat there, drink there, exist there, be there. And I think for me, like, yeah, one of the things with proximity, like, yeah, Julia and I just moved last October and it's stinky because we were really excited about spring and summer and being outside and like really getting to know our neighbors well. But just from being like in our neighborhood, we've actually gotten to know like some of our neighbors just from taking out the trash. And I have a neighbor that lives uh, right behind us. His name is Bill. He announced to me the first time that we met, like, and I say announced mm-hmm. because he announced it that his name is Wild Bill. So Wild Bill worked for Goodyear for years. Retired now. Wild Bill's a scrapper, so okay. So he scraps and like at weird hours of the night, he's like bringing like big hauls of like strange types of metal in. I really
1: have this picture in my head
2: right now of Wild Bill. I want to meet him. uh, Wild Bill's awesome. (laughs) So, like, after I meet Wild Bill, like, the first time, I'm like, man, like, uh, me and Wild Bill are are quite different. Like, he's a scrapper, and I don't want to get dirt on my tennis shoes. But, like, (laughs) (laughs) as we begin to talk more, and as we begin to, like, get to know each other a little more, like, we begin to talk, and we actually find out that, like, he worked for Goodyear and retired from there. My grandpa worked for Goodyear and retired from there. We have a whole lot of things in common. And then, like, one day he's like, hey, normally I get the little kid motorized vehicles and I take the engines out and I put those in lawnmowers and I, like, resell lawnmowers. But he's like, you know what? I see that you have a little girl. He's oh, like, well. "He's like, I'm going to find you one. And, like, I was just like, thanks, Wild Bill. I was like, that was really considerate. And, like, the conversation just keeps happening. And, like, we pray for Bill. And, like, we hope that, like, Bill comes to know Jesus. And it's, yeah, we hope that, like, as COVID lifts, we're going to get to know Bill more and just get to know more about him. Like, our neighbors on the other side, they're refugees from the Congo, from the Democratic <laughs> Republic of the Congo. And uh, we don't speak the same language. So, like, we can't. We can't talk, but man, like, just the interactions we've had, like, stuff's happened and we've laughed. Just being outside and, like, they go to an elementary school that's in the neighborhood that we really, like, as a church, begin to support. And when I, like, am in the school and I see the kids and I, like, high-five them, there's just this this connection. And I think that, like, that, that comes into the Luke 10 piece of, like, where you find peace, like, stay there. Yeah. Stay there and exist so I think there's a yeah with that peace There's like there's intentionality. Yeah, there's prayer there's uh, Yeah, and there's just a deep there's a deep patience Which in the microwave world that we live in like patience is not it Yeah, but man like there's a deep patience that comes in like being a good neighbor that says like man like I found peace uh, even if I don't have an opportunity this month or this week this year mm-hmm. to like share my really pretty four point gospel presentation that I've practiced that I'm going to stay there and I'm going to be committed. Yeah. And I'm going to trust God to give me an opportunity to do that. So, yeah,
1: I love that. I, I think so many great missionaries over like church history have taken a very similar tack. And like my mind goes to Patrick and I know we've talked mm. about that <laughs> um, and it's far from St. Patrick's day. But like the quick idea there is that a lot of us as Christians, we've been trained on how to do relationships and it goes like this like i will present you my gospel and that your, your response to my presentation will then determine the level of our relationship right and it's like it's like that's it's, it's a little odd because like i don't know how anybody ever gets to know anybody that way because it's like, well, okay, you didn't accept this truth claim that I that I presented to you, um, and so therefore now we have a very different relationship. But what Patrick did is he moved in, right, and he actually put his monasteries in the middle of town, began building relationships, and like actually started to care about people and found himself loving people, um, which sounds incredibly refreshing. It sounds a lot like what Jesus is saying in Luke ten. He's like, look, the harvest is plentiful. You just got to get out there and, and go. Like we've prepared things for you. Um, what I think is scary about that, and I'd like for you to, to reflect on this a little bit too. I think we're scared of the idea that when Jesus says, "Yes, I've, I've prepared something for you," pray. Right? There's a harvest out there. What we might perceive that as is like, "Oh, there are people that are ready to make a decision for Jesus right now. I just got to go ask the right questions and meander the conversation rightly. And if I do it right, then then boom, like that's that's it." I think we're scared that Jesus has actually prepared relationships for us, which is. Much more difficult. It takes a lot more art. It's it's it takes a lot more thought and a lot more care. Um, now I'm not saying that evangelism is is not important at all. Um, I think it's just this this cart before the horse mentality that we get a lot. So um, here's a question, like if you think about why why is a relationship with Wild Bill why is that harder? Why is a relationship harder um, when it comes to being a good neighbor than than just like here here's here's my gospel here's a book, here's a pamphlet, I'm going to leave this with you. Why is a relationship harder with somebody?
2: Yeah, I think relationships are harder. I mean, for me personally, the journey that God's taken me on, like it's just, it's more difficult because like in a relationship, here we find ourselves like at the table of Jesus and at the table of Jesus, there's everyone. And across Mm -hmm. from me is someone who's completely and utterly different than me. And the reality is like, even if we're like, From the same race or from the same socioeconomic strata the reality is like every family has a different culture Mm. like every person has a different culture has different political views has different perspectives or ways of life and the reality is like relationships can be difficult because people are different and it's going to stretch you and it's gonna yeah it's it's the great sander of the holy spirit that's just like sanded and like getting those rough edges off and that's like the that's the reality and because it, it just takes time it just takes hmm. it, it takes time and man like I think one of the major things that like COVID is teaching me is that like man like yeah they're printing money every day but they're not printing time <laughs> like time wow. is like time mm-hmm. is a very valuable currency and it takes, it takes time to build relationships with people. There's a sacrifice that goes along with building relationships with people. But man, as I look at the life of Jesus, like the table of Jesus, like Jesus calls Matthew, who's a tax collector, mm-hmm. and he calls Simon, who's a zealot. Theoretically, Simon would, would have wanted to kill Matthew, who's a tax collector. Mm-hmm. Like, as a zealot, he's like this political activist, who is looking for like the reign of the Jewish people yeah. and for them to be back on top and on top of Rome and then you have Matthew who's this tax collector who's this social pariah who's like defrauding his people to like line his pockets but they're all together at the table of Jesus yeah and it's, and it's this no. idea where it's where it's for me like it just challenges me it's like man I've got to, yeah this is the call of Jesus this is what it means to be a disciple yeah.
1: I think there is a, um, I something we ought to reflect on that for a minute. I, and that, now's not the time to go too deep in it because we're, we're still talking about neighboring. But I, I think there is something that we need to examine in our own hearts where if, if we're going to join Jesus in that kind of a mission, that is a radical mission, um, uniting people, not just the different political parties, different ways of viewing the world, different upbringings, different, use, use the word culture, I think it's a great word. Like we need to do some repenting. You know, because what it may be that what's standing in the way of me actually forming a relationship with somebody is I genuinely don't love them. Like, I genuinely look down my nose at them because of of those rough edges that we, the Holy Spirit wants to sand off those rough edges, and yet those are the things that I love about myself the most, right? Like, (laughs) these are my identity points, man. Don't rub those off. And the Holy Spirit says, no, I I want you to die to those things so that you can live to this greater thing uh, called the mission of Jesus. So... um. So that, that 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 could be a whole other sermon series on its own, and maybe we'll get there one day. But um, so let's let's turn the corner into something else. So I know um, you know again here we are. We're two months into this COVID thing, which um, you know we've we've been reflecting on that as a staff. We've been reflecting on that as a church. That I can't believe it's two months. Um, we we thought we'd be you know open back up by Easter and life will be back to normal, um, but here we are just kind of plodding along, and, and we're we we are Waiting to see how these coming days and weeks and months are going to look for us, but what are some practical ways that we can neighbor well, right? So we don't know how long this thing is going to last, but I get the feeling God is trying to teach us something. And so, um, what are some ways that we can practically neighbor well in this time?
2: Yeah, I know for me personally, like I've been just deeply challenged. Uh, I'm like a on-the-go guy, so I'm like normally. Like, if I'm not at, like, the physical building of the well, I'm at the elementary school, or me and Julie are at the park playing kickball, or we're, like, we're just on the go. Like, my wife Julie is a teacher, so she, like, teaches all day. But just because she's, like, a really sharp, committed individual, she, like, does a bunch of stuff at her school, like, outside of that. And then, like, yeah, we've got our two, almost three-year-olds. So we're, like, we're always, like, back and forth. But man, like during the season, like I've been challenged and like, man, like what does it mean for me to like be a good neighbor to Julia and my daughter, Jada, like my wife and my daughter, like we're in the house together all day and like, it's goofy to think about, but I'm like, man, like my two year old is a person and she's created an evil to God. And even though she's two, like it's her house too. How am I like being a good neighbor to her? How am I like? Showing her Jesus and being Jesus to her like I love like all of our kids volunteers and citizens, but like I'm the primary disciple of Jada like Julia and I like it's our primary responsibility to disciple our daughter and like with my wife Julia like she's like doing different types of like online teaching and she's in like classrooms like it's it's so strange. But, uh, I'm grateful that technology's here, and they can still they can still do that, but, like she's not at school for eight hours, and I'm mm-hmm. not like out all day, so the reality is here we are sitting across from each other like what does it mean for us to like be good neighbors to each other like amidst like the deep feelings and frustration that comes with like the season that we're in like what does it mean for us to be good neighbors when we're like? both like worried about our parents and our grandparents, like contracting COVID or both concerned about like, students and other people we love. Like, what does it mean for us to like, be good neighbors and to encourage each other towards the gospel and towards Christ and towards relationship and yeah, just be present with each other. So I think one one of the most practical things is like, yeah, yeah, I think in our culture, like, Big is best, like mm. bigger is better, bigger is great. And I think like as Christians, sometimes we like fall into like the belief that like, man, like being a good neighbor means I need to start this not for profit or I need to go on this missions trip across the world or I need to do all of this stuff. But man, I think like the call of Jesus is really like, hey, what does it mean? To well, really love the people who are like right directly around you. Well, yeah. So I think, like, a practical step is saying, like, praying and asking God, like, what does it mean to love the people who are right around me? What does Mm -hmm. it mean to love my spouse? What does it mean to love my kids? What does it mean to be a good neighbor to, like, the people who are, like, right next door? Like, one of the most powerful things that I've, like, seen happen, like, in Akron during this season is we have a woman who runs an organization called Akron Hope. Jen's awesome, she's a part of our church, and Jen like, yeah, she calls the school, the school says, hey, uh, here's some folks who have these needs, and it's been incredible, because Jen just doesn't say, okay, we're going to go get this stuff, or we're going to drop all this stuff off, or we're going to do like this pickup, but Jen says, she'll call me and she'll say, hey, like, these people like live on your street, they're your neighbors, Why don't you take them, these things, like, so that you can, like, get to know them? And it's, like, this practical thing, where like, strange as it is, like, took a thing of toilet paper, like, four houses down, knocked on the door and backed up. And, like, as I'm backing up, like, I actually, like, met one of my neighbors, and it was really cool. And I was, like, yeah, like, our church is right around the corner. And, like, yeah, we, like, had this conversation. And it was incredible. But, yeah, it's this idea that, like, this is, like, yeah, this is what's right around me. Mm. Like, Mm -hmm. how can I be a faithful witness of the resurrection of Jesus Christ Mm. to the people who are right around me?
1: I love that. I think so many of us watching even right now, if you're a mom and dad, uh, you're very aware of the fact that, like, oh my goodness, like, my kids are now at home. And I had, right? And, uh, or if, you know, if, if you're used to, you know, different work schedules, you're there with your spouse, right? And so we're watching all this stuff happen in our culture and, um, I appreciate your vulnerability, just saying like, yeah, that that's tough. And I I, oh, I, I said that's tough for us too. <laughs> it's, I go, it's
2: so hard.
1: I, I'm not used to thinking about it in this category, you know. Um, but what a good idea, just to sit back and ruminate on the fact that even before you're a father to Jada, before you're a husband, right? Before you're any of those, other, before you're you are a neighbor to your family. Um, that is a that is a very refreshing idea that I think we do need to hang on to because. Jesus calls, up, calls us to bandage the wounds of the neighbors that are living under our house, right? And so if you're a mom or dad, like, that means your kids. If you're married, that means your spouse. Everybody has somebody that's right around you, um, whether they're under your roof or not. And I think, um, you know, to, to not to tie too much of a bow on it, but to say, like, this is the be faithful with the little, and I will give you much. Um, we have the little around us, and these are the hard things, right? But these are the things that Jesus is calling us to be faithful for, or to. So. Do that so good, so good. Um, so I want to give you one last challenge, and uh, I, I want to give you a kind of carte blanche here. I want you to be as open as you can. So what? Um, here we are, Sunday, North Canton Chapel, kicking off this new idea of neighboring. We're we're trying to pray through what God would have for us. Um, we've been in Luke, we've been in John, we've been all that. What um what do you want North Canton Chapel to hear? Um, from you so you're pastor citizens in akron you've come up here through north canton chapel malone is home for you like you're no stranger to to this place so what do you want us to hear from you um, as it relates to being a neighbor
2: yeah uh one thing i absolutely like one of the many things like i love about this church like if you yeah you can catch me anytime like I tell people all the time, like I, yeah, I still technically like I'm a member. I think so, (laughs) unless they unless they threw away my membership card. I went through Dan Clancy's membership class. My guy. I don't want to
1: kick you out, so let's just let's keep that there. Yeah. Yeah,
2: but uh, yeah, like, and I I learned this from like, yeah, a guy a guy who's out in Thailand right now taught me this because he. He didn't teach me this by, like, sitting down, like, at a whiteboard. He taught me this just through the way he lived his life and through living it with me. Like, it's impossible to be a good neighbor if you don't know your neighbor. Mm. And it's impossible to know your neighbor unless you are intentional and present. Like, unless you are intentional present. Like, you can't be a good neighbor to someone you don't know. Mm. Like... And the reality I know for me is that sometimes I just get like so caught up in the hustle and bustle and the go that I just forget that like, man, like I actually live in a neighborhood and that before the foundations of the world, God seen me living in this neighborhood, I live here for a purpose. Oh. Like the jobs that we have, we have them for a purpose. And like the providence of God has led us to those jobs and led us to those spaces. And the people who are around us are around us for a reason and man like i think for us to be intentional and to really live into that and to really say man like god has called me here like wow i'm here for a purpose and a reason and for us to look up and say man like the conversation that i have at the coffee maker like is important and it's me doing the work of jesus the conversation that i have with my neighbor when i'm taking the trash out is important like the kids that we have Gifts from the Lord and God like placed them under our care. So, man, what does it mean for us to like really be intentional about like showing them like the way of Jesus Christ and passing down like the good deposit of the faith like to them first and that our spouses are gifts from the Lord and that man, like it's our equal responsibility to like continually like lead each other like towards the throne of grace. So, yeah. I could say anything, like, yeah, we can't be good neighbors if we don't know our neighbors. And we'll never know our neighbors unless we're intentional about it. And it's something that's important to us.
1: I love that. James, wise words, man. I'm, I'm very, very grateful for you. And um, just so you guys know, I mean, th- these, are, these are hard times because... We are separated. We know that, and you're feeling that. Uh, we're not able to gather here, and that, that extends to you guys too. You guys are not gathering for corporate yeah. worship, and so you're feeling the pain just like we are. And um, whatever God has in these coming days, like it's it's it's, it's going to be it's going to be a step at a time. It's going to be challenging, and so I'm just thankful that you're able to carve out your time to come down and be with us today. And um, so I know North Canton Chapel. We have uh, a deep, deep love for James and uh, deep appreciation for everything he is, everything he brings to the table. And um, I know that you are you are God-centered enough to just push that glory right back up, and you're not going to claim any of that good for yourself. So absolutely, um, that's how that that's how that is.
2: Absolutely. So I love you guys, and hi Tom Maurer. There it is. <laughs> you just made. I know it. you're watching. You made his day, man. Okay. Talk. So,
1: could you um, would you close us in a word of prayer? And um, I'll ask you as you pray. Would you um, just pray a blessing over North Canton Chapel, um, where we are? The questions that we are we are wrestling with again, they're very similar questions that you have. And so, as you're watching at home, uh, or you know, if you're driving in a car, uh, you're sitting on your couch, you're at the breakfast table. If you would just take a moment and and just to receive this blessing, you can close your eyes um, and just kind of sit for a moment. And um, let's let Pastor James close us in a word of prayer together.
2: Absolutely. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on us. For there are things that we've done and left undone that have dishonored you. So Jesus, we just are grateful for the fact that when we come to you and we repent, there's forgiveness. Jesus, we're grateful for another day, we're grateful for health, we're grateful that we're able to join in with David and say that this is the day that you have made. We rejoice and we're glad in it. Jesus, we pray that you would just bless the community here at the North Canton Chapel. Jesus, for over 30 years, we've been a faithful witness here of your resurrection. So Jesus, we pray that that would just continue in word and deed. Jesus, I pray that you would meet the folks in this community right where they're at. Jesus, as we have questions, and as we have tension, and as we have fear, Jesus, I pray that we would cast those cares onto you because you surely, surely care for us. Jesus, as we practice what it means to be a good neighbor in this season, Jesus, I pray that you would just give us grace but Jesus, I pray that you would just also give us, give us a passion to figure out what it means to be a good neighbor to those who are closest to us. Jesus, I pray that in this season, we will rediscover what it means to be neighbors. We will rediscover what it means to love our spouse. We will rediscover what it means to love our kids. We will rediscover what it means to be a neighbor. And Jesus, we're grateful that all this is possible through you, nothing is impossible to you. So we pray that you would bless us, Jesus. Do work in us that only you can do. We pray these things in the strong name that is above every other name, Jesus. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of the North Canton Chapel podcast. If this ministry has blessed you in any way, please share this episode with your friends or spread the word on social media.